Hi everyone, welcome to the Be The Vessel podcast. My name is Daniel and I play the roles of channeler and intuitive psychologist, aiming to bridge all aspects of the healing arts while navigating my return journey to the stars. I interview those journeying through all aspects of healing, whether that be from more traditional Western frames or from a more spiritual or spirit-based connection. What I always find is that everyone is a bridge between worlds, a universe unto themselves, and a unique light that shines brightly for the collective. If you like what you hear and are interested in more of my offerings, consider joining the Be The Vessel community at patreon.com slash Atkins, where you will find various unique offerings bonus content, and podcasts such as my own channeled information and the new Be The Vessel healing series. May you find what you're looking for and remember the light within. Brianna Cotton, also known as 8th House Sun on YouTube, is an intuitive channeler, messenger for the beings of light, and activator. Brianna began her awakening journey five years ago and answered the call to serve the collective as her inherited gift of mediumship began to open in contact with the spirit realm. Her calling revealed her soul's gifting and mission work, and she received a channel transmission of light codes that assist in activations through the multidimensional energy field and chakra system. She is a channel and transmitter of energy known as a ray holder of multidimensional light frequencies. She primarily channels a council known as the Beings of Light that oversee the Collective for the Earth mission and who came to her under the name the Eros Logos. It is her intent to be a guide for others in spiritual transformation and the soul's ascension journey to activate multidimensional gifts, truth, and inner light. She offers individual sessions for Akashic Records reading, energy transmission and light code activation, mediumship channeling, and intuitive guidance. I connected with Brianna recently and it was an instant soul connection and divinely timed collaboration for a shared mission in cultivating the temples of light on earth. I acknowledge this conversation does cover a lot of spiritual concepts and language that may feel beyond the mind's grasp. But as always, simply let the transmission flow through you, letting go of what does not fit and sinking into what does. Please enjoy this conversation with Brianna Cotton and may it be an activation of light for your soul's highest calling. In full faith and spirit, you are the light. Hi, Brianna. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Hello, Daniel. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. It's it's an honor to have you and I'm really excited. This feels conversation feels so in alignment, so synchronous for many reasons. I just really trust we're just going to continue the flow um that we left off with when we first met and I'll start by telling a little bit of that story which which was that Absolutely. Yeah. Um I was, you know, I was going through which has been an up and down ride for me, but like more feelings of loneliness and separateness were coming up for me, particularly over the summer. And, you know, just wondering like, where's my tribe? And, you know, and I've, I've met some of those people out here, but, you know, it was just time for me to dip into those feelings. And so it's just like, why don't I just reach out to people online <laughs> and uh, <laughs> was searching around a bit and through the YouTube algorithm or what I might refer to as the spirit guided algorithm, your your videos popped up. I and I'd said this to you before, but I immediately resonated with the idea that I didn't feel you were just an astrologer. Not that there's anything wrong with that, or I just didn't sense you played one role, even though you're talking about astrology. There was this intuitive chord that I I could feel you were getting guidance from, and that really I love that. I love that about people. I love 
people who are really connected to that um, guidance system because that's what I feel connected to. And so I reached out and uh, didn't necessarily expect much, but but I heard back and um, and it sounded like it felt in alignment for you. And and I'll just I'll stop there and just turn it over to you and see how that uh, uh, ask you how that invitation felt when you when you got my message. Yes. So I felt this synchronicity with it myself because I was going through very parallel moments in my journey where I was asking the divine to please connect me with people who are part of my soul tribe and not only just part of my soul tribe, but help me to expand in my mission in new ways that I would feel camaraderie. I would feel supported. I would feel safe because yeah, I do believe we all are meant to be here in our divine sovereignty but not in the form of codependence, but just more in that form of that we all need unification with our soul tribe, our soul groups, and the alignment with certain individuals to help us orchestrate more into our missions and move into groups. And so my request was very much from my heart too, because I also had this soul knowing that a lot of the tasks that the beings of light in which I collaborate with or work with or was initiated under in order, in order to show up in service to them. I needed people who could also be essentially like my team and my soul tribe to help me continue forward with these tasks that were being asked of me to carry out for the collective and just in complete humility to and humbleness of what my human self is capable of because we can move through these very soul mission tasks or initiations and forget that we are also humans here and that we all have certain roles and capabilities and that other people can help create this beautiful orchestra with source, with the universe and all aligned together. And so I just had this knowing when you reached out and I looked at your channel and also your Instagram and I just had like a knowing right away that this was an answered prayer. And I just had this recognition and I felt, I felt ready. I felt that expansive energy is ready to unfold. And I think one of the things that really stood out to me when you reached out to me was the part about you mentioning that about astrology, because I don't consider myself an astrologer in any sense of the way, although I do show up for the collective and service to the collective with these messages through the new moon or the full moon. And I will incorporate certain astrology tra uh, transits going on around that time. But it's almost like just the ways that I had been guided to show up in service to the collective. That was just how it was shown to me to do so. So I kind of just followed and I feel like you seeing that recognition in me with how I was showing up as different in ways than you would maybe perhaps normally see things packaged through astrology. I just had a knowing that also the ways that I was showing up was being received in the right ways in which I was meant to show up in service. If that also makes sense. So I really appreciated the reflection through you. And I just had this instant, instant knowing yeah, it it makes perfect sense and and I resonate so much with that because I have a, a sort of a, a fluid relationship with labels as well and I have these different labels and I've gotten these degrees in different things and then 
the sole mission like you're referring to guided me elsewhere and it was really weird and really strange and really lonely because a lot of people didn't understand and but yeah i kind of see it like you do which is like i show up to play different roles for the collective but it's not necessarily who i am it's not even necessarily who i am totally of service and my journey continues to unfold i use different words now almost on purpose like channeler intuitive psychologist whatever it's almost there's almost uh, an intention to create a little, not confusion, but fluidity with like, what is this guy? What does he do? Because I don't, I don't want to be nailed down. I don't need to be one thing. They're just different roles. And sometimes I'll play a different character. Maybe I'll be an energy healer one day. Maybe I'll be this. And if people want to call me a therapist or whatever, it's all good. I don't need to get super attached to it. And um, to respond to your other reflection of coming back into the humanness. Yeah, I mean, let's just say there are some days I wish I didn't have to be a human, <laughs> but but it's part of the journey and opening, you know, some days I, I really like, since this path has opened, you know, I just love, I would love to be high all the time, not on drugs, but in in alignment with sort i just want to be channeling and hearing those messages but then it's like nope you gotta get but you gotta go back down you gotta go all the way down into the shadows you gotta ground down into gaia and those days like aren't as fun to be perfectly honest but it's part of it and i see the value of it and i also see that for me as well like my journey was so much about sovereignty and about letting things go and getting free and I've, I've done that pretty well. Like I, I got like, you know, full, full marks on that part of my journey. But then I was like, all right, well, you don't really have any friends now. So it's, <laughs> you gotta kind of reach out and, and see what's in alignment. And so, yes, a beautiful connection. And when we did speak on Zoom, it was just like immediate, like super connected. We we talk, I feel like we talked for like two, three hours, something crazy that I wasn't really expecting. Um, and in the process, um, I'm not going to reveal locationally where this is, but I will just say that there was a huge synchronicity where where it happens that you live is also about seven minutes driving from a place that my my parents do reside uh, from time to time. Not necessarily where I grew up, but but close. And uh, yeah, that was just pretty wild. I never, I don't even know anyone else that lives there or spends time there. So <laughs> that was just like a, pre a pretty big wink from spirit uh, that that this was this was meant to happen. So I'm glad we're doing this. And I will start with a really, really a question I asked you, you know, even before we kind of shifted into podcast mode, but, but I was guided here, which was to uh, ask a bit more about like what your recent process has been like, as much as you'd like to share about what you feel you might be let, letting go of or what you might be stepping into. Like, you know, I, we could certainly frame it in terms of the eclipse invitations because that's a bit, I mean, it's, I'm just like you. I mean, I think you know way more about astrology than I do, but I have like a, a cursory interest. I don't really talk, I sometimes I talk about it, but I'm interested in the skies in that way and how it informs my journey. I, I don't like practice that or anything, but but I, uh, I'm influenced by it. So certainly um, how the eclipse season has been for you and, and, you know, sort of the 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 after period, or or just, yeah, how you've been receiving invitations and stepping more into the path recently. A really good question, and definitely a a very loaded one. So I have to really <laughs> think about this too, because 
as you probably know, whenever we make very large quantum leaps in our lives, it's almost as if for me where I'm at, it's like the board just gets wiped clean again, but yet I have answers, recognition of all of the new things that I am meant to be facilitating or moving through and carrying out. And so for me, one of my most recent initiations of integration I had been moving through, I want to say since around late July, August, that I really was able to stabilize into was more of my embodiment in which of connection and identification with and as my higher self. And I know that people have different terms, terminologies, but for me, this is just kind of my ways of explaining the labels or terminology for the energetics of this. And so my higher self, but an initiation to my relation of my soul monad and feeling very unified between different multidimensional versions of self and being able to identify and also pull from different versions of multidimensional selves and also unify as higher self, as soul monad. And this soul monad as well, our higher self also came through with a name identification. And with that, it was hard for me to implement this into my human self because I also felt very different. I felt reborn in a lot of ways and I felt a lot of estrangement from my physicality or my human self because I was essentially in the process of integrating myself in a very unified light form into my human self. And for me, a lot of my journey has been like this but in multiple processes. And I do feel like this isn't something that's just subject to me. I do feel like this is something that everyone on an awakening journey at some point moves through or is facilitated through, but it's just all about their conscious awareness or ability to be sensitive to the energies behind the veil of what is going on. So I did want to like specify that too, that this isn't just something that is just a special process for me. I do have identification with knowing that my sensitivity or abilities to be so cognitive of the spiritual initiations and energetics in which I am initiated or moved through or shifting through is for me to basically document, to move through, and then be able to help other people be initiated through their own soul journeys to be able to anchor their higher self, their multidimensionality into their physical bodies, their human avatars while they are here, and also connect in with their, old, their own soul groups of light beings in which everybody has access to. So, and I do feel like because I have been really anchoring this process, I do see that there are new clients or just new people coming around who are connecting to me for these exact processes, even if they humanly don't fully know that they are. So it's a little bit of a reflection for me for mission and my next level steps of my mission and what I'm supposed to be talking about and helping others through. 
And I do feel like for me, I know you mentioned labels and identification and terminology. I have that same um, perceptual um, vision with that, where it's also difficult for me because we're trying to put these energetics or spiritual um, energetics, principles, virtues, ways of being into human words or human labels. And that can feel like a, a box, but at the same time, we live in this dimension, we live in this human reality. And I don't say this to, in any kind of way, make things any better or any less than. It's just learning to work with where we are because we reside here. And so that's something that I have a difficulty, I feel, when it comes to wanting to express or communicate more of these topics because I don't want anyone to identify so solidly with a, a label or a term or having to be one way because for me the ways that I have been initiated or taught through the beings of light that I work with is that it's more about the energetics and it's the universal principles virtues ways of being that each and every soul and human individual eventually moves through and if it's not this lifetime it's a next lifetime, it's a parallel lifetime, future lifetime. All of the lifetimes are playing out very much at the same time. So for me, it's so much of my process and so much of what I try to speak on or teach or be a mentor or guide for when I do share is how much we are meant to really anchor and embody our spiritual practices and be here in them because I also know very well how hard it can be to to be here to feel like we are here to feel like we can anchor here when we are moving through ascension awakening or spiritual initiations so that's kind of I feel very kind of brief way that I could explain as well and I do see myself I know you had asked about just recent stuff I have coming up I do feel a call where I am meant to be facilitating more uh, shares and energy transmissions with being a ray holder and also with this system of light codes that I have received through the beings of light through a few years over my awakening process. And so I am being guided through new co-creative processes with that, um, which I will be revealing very soon at a later date. But I have been dedicating a lot of my time in that co-creation process too, and allowing that to merge my mission with the divine and bring it to to the earth reality. I'm excited to see what unfolds for you. Um, we're also gonna, we're gonna back up and we're really gonna slow things down because this is what I, I know of you, is you speak on a really high level and um, and it's just what you say, like, I resonate so much with what you say in terms, but I'm going to, I'm going to translate it a little bit my own way. And then I'm going to ask you to, for us to explore some things. So, so we can, um, so we can see if we can break things down to make it accessible for people who are going to have no idea what we're talking about. Um, Absolutely. So to, <laughs> to start, I'll say I resonate with the idea of initiation into expanding the mind and we can say human mind ego mind the mind that simply perceives a personal attachment to who and what we are and in in this life and 
doesn't necessarily perceive anything outside of it. Um, and a kind of opening and awakening to uh, to something beyond that. I would I, I use the language of high self too. I use the language of a kind of expanded mind, expanded consciousness. Um, I, I would also use the language of dimensions and densities and sort of a multi-dimensional awareness of um, I'm going to ask you to define uh, soul monad in a second, but uh, before that, yeah, a kind of a greater awareness, because for me, you know, it was intuitive information coming from a place that was not my traditional mind. It was, let's call it the higher mind. But then it was also guides and things that were identifying themselves in different ways. But I also could just say that that's an, all ex an expanded version of me, a multidimensional version of me, and that that has been my awakening process too. And that in some way we all do go through that even if you're just changing your thoughts from being punishing to to positive you're starting to expand you're starting to channel in some way you're channeling a different voice than you're used to so to me that is still now that person might not use all of this language but that is still the process of awakening of changing the voice or the source of information that you've been adhering to your whole life so with that foundation um I'll also I'll then invite you to go back to when you felt this process started to happen for you and and what the what what you mean by the the monad like like what what how you um, describe that absolutely and I agree with everything too that you just relayed and definitely agree and add on to that it can even be moving through someone in the ways of just their thoughts or their ways of themes in their life are, are changing, or their mind is expanding in, in ways of self-development. And what I'll see, say, example, if they came to me in the space of energetics through a session, I might see that they're actually pulling from past life karma, or they're moving into a future version of their higher self. And that is what their human self is then reflecting and connecting into even though they humanly might not fully understand but they know that something is changing they can feel that so definitely so this is where it can go really off the deep end right like we could talk about shifting timelines or like as we expand we are literally shifting into different realities different versions of earth right but to put it very simply i think because because that loses people you could simply feel like your life is just getting better. You could feel like different people are coming into your life or you're relating differently with the same people, but in a different way. Um, so there is this version that I actually am quite open to as well, which is that you, as you shift vibration, you actually shift all kinds of things, but it cannot, it doesn't have to be, a person doesn't have to go into that, into parallel lives, you know, timeline shifting, future, etc. If it doesn't resonate, I'm interested in it. I know you're interested in it, but it could feel, I think what you're pointing to, it could simply feel like a person starting to think differently without even really recognizing it. Yes, absolutely. And I also agree too, in certain senses where sometimes too, there's the other end of the coin where you could get 
too lost in the energetics, like of knowing that it's something past life or parallel or future, especially if the person is maybe not meant to identify it in that sense just yet. So I also agree in like that alignment of divine timing too, of when people are more consciously aware or maybe start to open to deeper knowings like that. Because I know for me, my journey started just through self-development and I wasn't thinking about any anything in these terms. And then I started to have past life remembrances come through. So that's how it kind of started opening for me. Now, in terms of soul monad, you're asking about that. My understanding of explaining that would be how we are all extensions with and from source. So if we think of our our soul and the highest essence vibration of where it exists in whichever realm, dimension, consciousness, whatever anybody identifies with it, that exists as well with source, greater universe at large. That one frequency being of light is what I would call the soul monad. And then from the soul monad, we have extensions of our soul monad, our higher or a higher selves, if you want to call them that. And also, would you resonate with the term like oversoul as the monad? Yeah, oversoul. I would see that like very similar as well to that soul monad, because then from there, those energy extensions are our incarnations. So if you think of, if you want to say, you said oversoul, soul monad, if we have a stream, stream in this lifetime, that is the extension that is part of our soul monad, oversoul, that is embodied in this lifetime. And then as people start ascending or awakening, and also realms, dimensions are getting a lot more accessible with more people raising vibration or consciousness or self-development, that is allowing people to also connect in with these versions of, as you said, oversoul, soul monad, that have relation to past lives or future selves and anchoring you think of it as an extension anchoring that into our physical present lifetime becomes more accessible and i think that that's also to the part of ascension that can start to confuse people sometimes as they start awakening because it can also be very um it can create a sense of delirium you might not fully understand and the way that i yeah because the way that i would speak to it is like that oversoul monad you know, could be conceived of as like a re- a higher reservoir where there's this higher consciousness of sort of a relative essence of, of who you are. And then that essence continues all the way back to spirit. But like, let's just say one higher level of who you are. But in that level, you know, if you want to call it fifth, sixth, seventh density, whatever, higher consciousness, it's a, it's a we. It's not, it's not a, it's not an individual. It's a we because in that higher consciousness, it's all the incarnations playing out in, let's call the third dimension or human realities, all of those realities, all those parallel realities. And then maybe, you know, uh, lives playing out on in different planets or whatever. So it's like there's this reservoir where all that's going on. And, and you have previously just thought you were just this one little individual being. But as you start to surrender 
that familiar thinking voice and other voices come in, yeah, you might feel crazy because you're like, oh my God, there's a multiplicity in me now. There's not just one me. I, In fact, I don't even know what me is. You kind of lose your quote unquote self, but you gain an expanded awareness, but it can feel very, very confusing. I know it was that way for me and you're not sure what to trust, what voices to trust. And it ultimately proceeds through your own discernment in the heart space in terms of what feels good to you, what triggers fear, whatever. But that's how I kind of understand that expansion and ultimately, as you say, kind of anchoring that multidimensional awareness into your into your being so it doesn't have to feel like a cacophony of chaos of voices, but it can feel more aligned, like, you know, almost coming full circle back around to one kind of knowing in voice that is just sort of the conglomerate highest expression of all that you're meant to know. Yes, absolutely. And I love how you worded everything because I feel like it just took everything and just funneled it. So I feel like, and that's, that's how I identify or have experienced it. And obviously too, my knowing or experiences could change from here. This is just how my journey has unfolded. And I've also seen this same kind of parallel experiences with the people that I do connect with. So that does kind of help with that, you know, mirror reality of sensing, seeing and knowing that we're not alone in this type of expression or awakening or ascension. And to add to it, I know you mentioned it's not just I, it's also we. And I really identified with that too, because it's that identification of knowing that we are all these selves or all these things and also unified in one space and not segregating or separating that we are any one thing, but we are all of these things and more. And so thank you for wording it as you did. Yeah, uh, I do see myself as a bit of a translator at times, and I'm glad that I could reflect that back (laughs) because I think we do have some resonance in that shared experience of the journey. I will also say, you know, it's a really interesting theme, the idea of individuality and weeness, because although, you know, on higher levels of awakening, we understand that we're all one, et cetera, the particular information I receive, which is part of my own life path mission, is to really support people and myself in honoring the individuality, like really leaning into that human personal ego. And people think ego is a bad word, but it's just the personal expression. And like, I am here to lean into that personal expression. My One of my highest values is freedom. And so I think in order for our society to merge as a collective, you know, what we first really need is to come together as sovereign free beings. As you kind of mentioned, we need to really fully honor our individuality and uniqueness so that when we do align with our tribe, it is as a fully free and sovereign individual being, even if that's on one level kind of an illusion, but that's the game we're playing here is to fully honor that. So then and only then can we really collaborate in the language I hear a lot, which is the temples of light, the really building the spaces that we're here to build collectively, because that clears out a lot of what we all struggle with, which is the other part of the ego, the insecure ego, the people pleasing, the conformity, the hierarchy and power structure and power dynamics of, oh, if I'm going to join a community, I'm going to have to sacrifice or I'm going to have to, you know, 
blend in in some way. And, and I feel that at this time on our planet, it's not about that. It's about fully leaning into your totally unique perspective, reality. And that's going to probably take you on a very different path direction. But if you trust it, you will come back around and align with other people who are sharing that reality. And from that space, we can really build the groups that we're here to build. Yes, absolutely. And you beautifully worded everything there. And I can agree. I will share in my experience of my journey, something that has been very instilled in me from the beings of light is how I could not truly be in service to humanity, the collective, or even to myself if I am not stepping out in my full authentic expression of why I'm here. And something that I did deeply struggle with, especially when we start to, as you said, with the universal consciousness and that perceptual experiential understanding that one starts to open up to that you could feel that we are all one, we're all interconnected, that I would struggle at times that if I were to accept where I was unique or where my authenticity was, I was creating separation timelines and I was afraid to essentially individualize. And what was shown to me is that I was actually creating separation timelines out of oneness if I was not showing up as well in my authenticity, because I'm creating separation in myself from who I truly am. And that is creating separation in the oneness in which we show up to other people. So I couldn't show up in service in the true essence. And to share too, something that I always will always get frequently shown to is how it's source. Source is yes, oneness, but there's different orders and different councils and not anything of, again, being above anyone else or anything like that. But each spectrum of light of, of source of the universe has a, has a role, has a purpose, and is meant to anchor their unique truth and be in that and then come together with other people in, in true oneness. So that is very much so like it's been a part of my journey and something that I feel like I am being guided to as well, try to articulate or, or translate into human words of translation of those energetics, because it is a really important part of what you spoke on too, with building communities of light. And I love how you mentioned temples of light as well. I very much have received that identification or resonance of you as a form of anchoring, um, being an architect of light in some form. And so I don't know. I just, I, I love that resonance that we're speaking on this right yeah, now. Yeah. You, you told me that and I'm a, I, I dig that name architect of light. That's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll wear that hat. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's important because, you know, we can look historically at like awakened beings and there can be like, Oh, there's no ego. They've totally ascended into oneness. And like, if that's their path, that's great. But there's a reason why we're not all back in the oneness yet it's because we came here to play out these games so before we all return to oneness we're here to like you said be these different rays of consciousness these different lights or aspects of the light and yeah and that extends beyond us right in higher dimensional planes there's different councils different 
layers, different realms. You could even call it a hierarchy, but it's not a power dynamic structure. It's just different roles. And, you know, it, it would be easy to privilege like higher beings and say they're better or whatever, but they're just playing out their role. Like the beings of light that create planets, they're just playing out their role, but they're actually in some ways they don't have the capacities to create that we have, which is to create formlessness in form on the physical plane. So like we have this free will, which kind of sucks sometimes because we do a lot of um, terrible stuff with it, <laughs> but that's our freedom. And so like being human is a, is a, is a gift too. It's really not better or worse. It's just different. And we really, we're not here to necessarily just surrender the ego and return to some oneness and uh, sort of re remove ourselves from society. But actually now I feel more than ever, anchor ourselves deeper into the physical vessel to heal the physical vessel, to help the physical vessel evolve and ascend to match the consciousness so that eventually we won't have to leave the physical body to ascend that we can ascend through the physical and actually a vision I haven't really shared with many people is that I have this vision of maybe in a couple thousand years like when we're really ready to enter like what I would call the fifth density that actually souls and other angelic beings and stuff that have not returned to earth in a long time or have never been to earth are going to start incarnating because the planet itself will have raised its vibration high enough to kind of be more like a heavenly dimension where other angelic beings and maybe even souls that were once human but have been living in spirit choose intentionally to come back because it will be a nice place to be and, and the consciousness could be sustained in the physical vessel. And I feel that that's part of my mission is to really create a new paradigm of healing to allow that transmutation process of healing all the lineages of trauma so that being human doesn't only have to be about healing trauma, which for many of us it really is. And to clear out the limitations of belief and emotion energy so that we can exist as those creators that really um and and just those beings of light that those who cross over get to get to play but we could actually play it through the physical which would be pretty cool yes absolutely and i feel resonation and also a feeling of soul recognition with what you shared too as well and i even feel like it's even very much generational as well when we talk about spirit babies or a new wave of kids that are coming in everything that it's like each wave is allowed allowed and able to pave this path for for the next and the next and the next and i do agree with you about that being able to then anchor more multi-dimensional beings or beings from other realms that hold higher frequencies more naturally into the physical body because earth itself and also the physical human avatar have had enough stages of evolution for more of that crystalline DNA to naturally be present in the physical bodies as we continue reproducing and creating more further generations. And I do feel like too, that is why so many people originally may start with just working with maybe being drawn to self-love or self-development and then trauma work and really moving through that because that is the foundation 
that allows the physical body to purge out the space for more of the crystalline DNA or how we would call that the original DNA that gets shut off at some point too when we reincarnate here and being able to hold more light and stabilize more light. So I do, I hold resonance with everything that you just shared there too. It's a very pivotal, important time that we are in for sure. Yeah. And to me, it, it does frame a larger mission for trauma healing that of course we're we're healing trauma so we can release the shadows and live a happy and peaceful and joyful life and and on the surface like like if that's all you took from it great like you don't really need to do any more than that or know any more than that but it does just so happen that my own uh intuitive cord and the information that flows through me kind of shows me that there's a reason right like you said it's purging and clearing the physical vessel upgrading it so it can evolve in the next stage of our evolution which is to anchor in and, and welcome in these higher realms of of consciousness uh so i want to go back and just ask because you mentioned uh, uh briefly when it when it started you know your own self-development how you started with that and then the past life remembrance like when uh, around when was that and like what what did self-development look like for you at that time at those beginning stages and then what the past life remembrance kind of thing how did that look yeah so my beginning stages of awakening through self-development was five years ago and it was through if you want to say awakening or wanting to essentially just change my life because I knew that I was going down a bad path through substance abuse with alcohol. And so I went through some programs to essentially help me to work on themes in myself and to work through some really painful stuff. And I want to say even just for the first year of, of that time of my life was very dark. I was purging out a lot of stuff. And I always had this essence of spirituality in the background, and it was a part of the self-development work that I was doing and working on my core wounds and trauma and childhood wounds and all the things that I've been carrying with my in my human self for all of my life. That was my primary focus. And then from there, I also started getting more into energy healing or working with an energy healer to essentially help me through some more deeper spiritual work that I was starting to sense in myself. And also what the past life recall, it came through of a remembrance in the 80s that I had died young at 16 from overdose. And so this lifetime was very much a full circle lifetime for me where I just had a, I had a knowing and it felt very confirmative to me that that was the right step in my life that I was supposed to be taking. And that it was something that I was given the chance to redo, to come back to also be complete somehow on a soul level. And in this lifetime, it really gave me the chills. I also had an experience around that same age bracket where I went to the hospital with a 0.33 BAC level. And interesting number. The doctors three, three, three. Said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The doctors had said essentially. Not a good number for al no, alcohol, blood alcohol levels, no. but an angel number nonetheless. <laughs> 
Yeah, three. The threes combos are very good. But yeah, so 0.33 blood alcohol level. And they had said if I didn't get there sooner, it would have gotten through to my organs, essentially. And so I just had this very deja vu feeling when that came through. And that was the first past life remembrance that I ever had. And I just had this knowing that just viscerally ran ran through me. It was a memory that felt as if I was thinking, it's the same feeling as if you were thinking back on childhood and some recalling something from then. That's how it moved through um, for me. Yeah. So that's kind of my first experiences, I want to say, with self-development and having some sort of past life recall memory that came through that essentially supported the cycle of my life that I was in and helped bring this feeling of completion on a soul level for me, that I was on the right path. So there's a few things I want to say about that. One is, you know, I feel because some people are, let's say, committed to a more, um, maybe more traditional Buddhist path or or just a non, non-duality path where it's more so just about meditation and they're not interested in any kind of other kind of spiritual jargon. It's more so just about like recognizing you are the observer, recognizing you are divine source, you know, watching the thoughts and coming into a sense of peace with that. I do feel that, and if that works for someone to uh, attain whatever they're looking for, that's beautiful. I find that for a lot of people, it's difficult because uh, from my perspective, there is this energetic body, there is this trauma, and no matter how much you meditate, if you're not acknowledging how to heal the trauma and, and and purge the energetic body that you might find yourself in a place of deep stuckness which i i found myself in after you know i was meditating for a long time but the circumstances of my life were not changing and i needed to expand to be able to to make different choices so then i could circle back to meditation and actually actually experience some of the bliss that people talked about and not just beat myself up because i it was just suffering and, and overthinking the other piece i'll mention is you know the that awareness of like past life remembrance and things like that. I feel that a lot of people likely do experience that kind of thing, visions and things. But sometimes in more traditional meditation teaching, the idea is like, oh, just ignore that. It, you know, it's all it's all the same. Negative stuff, positive stuff. Don't pay any attention to it. It's all about presence. It's all about silence. And for me, that's that's just really not the case. Like, there's actually really good information that comes through that is actually really useful and enriching and enlivening. And helps us, furthers us on our path to attaining a more blissful and peaceful life. And someone could say, oh, that's just attachment. You're just attached to, I'm like, you know what? If I'm attached to living a happier life, so be it. I'll, I'll, I will accept that attachment because yeah, that's what, that's what I want. I want to go toward my passions and desires. And like, it almost, it's, I don't find that it's contrary to more traditional Buddhism of like releasing desires because you can still play the game. Again, we're here to play the game. Like might as well go toward your desires. Might as well go toward what lights you up. Might as well pursue some of those visions or fantasies if they feel good to you and you can let go of the negative ones. But I don't feel any particular need to to let it all go. Although I do feel a ton of value in being able to, when I'm invited to sink into that presence and know that even the good stuff is transitory, even the good stuff, you know, um, it's still a game and eventually it all goes away. But, you know, earlier in my life where I was just trying to, you know, read the power of now and just come into presence, like it, it wasn't, it just wasn't working for me, you know, because there was 
more ego that I needed to recognize and like that I wasn't just going to fade into the... I, I had lived many lives as a monk and I wasn't going to live that in this one. I was meant to be something different. So I wanted to um, to point that out and to say that and to also say that, yeah, some of that uh, life remembrance stuff or I'll just say parallel life integration because it's all happening now on some level. It What it does is it kind of shakes loose what is yours, like your past, your childhood, your this, like there are definitely things for me that I've been guided to acknowledge, some early life trauma and stuff that I'm just started talking about more and honoring, but it's not to get attached to. It's just one story. It's only, it's only functional. It's only for more healing. And there's other information that might come through. And again, I feel like that's that, that's that multiplicity of like, what's going on here? What is my past? What is, what is my story? And almost it can bring you to, I'm not sure if you feel this way, but it can bring you to a really malleable and pliable present where it's like, there's the, there's this past story, but there's all these other stories that I inherited and I just get to create a new one from where I'm at. Yeah. I, I feel like you brought up a lot of really good points here and I'm just thinking about what to start on next from that for just one moment. I think the first thing I wanted to talk about, let's say for example, right? You said you've had a lot of past life remembrances of being a monk and relating that to the processes with traditional Buddhism and meditation and transcending the form. Now, I feel like, especially too, if we think about when all of these practices, teachings were first established, they were established in very different times. Right. And we live, we have to, it's like this lifetime and future lifetimes to come. It's learning how to basically, as you said, to use the word malleable and it's adapting and also facilitating or anchoring in what principles or teachings feel resonant to our spirit or soul in this lifetime incarnation and be able to create a balance of being in those principles, those things, those energetics, and be here in this lifetime civilization, time, space, reality. And I feel like there's a lot where we're honoring the truth in all of these beautiful practices and teachings that go way back, that were the first origin establishments of connecting with source and oneness. And then in this this lifetime space reality, all of us together as a collective are, it's really beautiful because we get to all come together and essentially talk about it and see what practices, what teachings have helped us the most and being able to blend them, blend them in all of the ways that work for us. And so I do have similar experiential resonation when you explained that, that feeling with meditation and not bypassing when there's moments that maybe old cycles or traumas would come through, or you would have thoughts that get in the way of being able to move into those more transcendental states. I feel like it's equally as important to, to honor those moments. It was for me, because if not, they would just stay stored in my energy field and my mind, heart and spirit and make it harder for me to move into more of those blissful states of meditation that we would like to be in, right? So 
I feel like my personal take is it's for me has been like a blending of all of these experiences and seeing what works with the energetics for my system and anchoring that into my reality as we are here in physical form. Totally. So I agree with a lot of what you said. They were all like really good points. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's unique for all of us, and uh, a lot of Buddhist philosophy is still in my in my core, and it's what I was introduced to first by my father, and I still resonate very deeply with the, with that kind of direct path. Like that's that that is like an I do consider that to be an ultimate game. But again, we're we're not only here to play out an ultimate game. We're here to go through all the steps of recognizing that we might be multidimensional or intergalactic, and all. And we don't have to, sh you know, just like push that away or repress that. And like you said, two thousand years ago, like ascension, if we want to call it that, like looked pretty different for the Buddha, or it looked pretty different for Jesus the Christ. Like if they lived now which I sense is a, is a rebirth of the times of Atlantis, which is, you know, uh, an actual kind of corrective experience of getting things right with the advancements in technology and not misusing them like we did then, um, is to birth us into a new time of technological advancement where we're not just like, you know, shedding all of these developments in the material world, but using them to support and integrate our spirituality and so, yeah, I kind of hear, it's interesting because I, I would not have necessarily said this about myself, but the information I get is that I'm kind of a uh, part of like the, the technologist um, wave of people that's actually here to be on the front lines of integration with advancements in technology for healing. Because um, it's, you know, I think some amazing stuff and which involves energetics and uh, that I'm even maybe meant to, you know, create and manifest a, a, an actual physical temple of light that, you know, anchors in a very high vibration and allows people, you know, to rapidly heal and which I sense is a, a place I might have created in, in, in the Pleiades. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's evolving and we're adapting to the times, so to say. Um, so where I'm guided to go from here is to ask what the next stage of your journey was like after sort of some of that, you know, um, transitioning out of the substances and um, the past life stuff, you know, what was the next stage for you? So I would say that I started to feel more of a calling or a pull to almost understanding more of this past life resonance or this idea of something not so structured of how spirituality had to be or how self-development had to be, had to be. Um, and I just felt this call to just explore that in, in myself. So what that looked like was getting more into crystals or tarot cards. I was also regularly going to acupuncture with a beautiful acupuncturist who's also a close friend of mine and she was a really helpful guide for me in the space of my development of where I was growing and then I connected with another guide and mentor who did Akashic Records readings and she became my main mentor or guide essentially throughout the rest of my journey from there and that really just helped me it was like being aligned with the right people to help me in the development for where I was at. 
And then I started to, as I was working more on almost more of, I want to say like soul themes, themes that have always felt like they were just ingrained in me, but they didn't come from this lifetime. Like I couldn't put my finger on why I would feel certain ways or have certain themes. And the only other way that I essentially was growing to have understanding of where they were coming from was unraveling through things like the Akashic records and my past life uh, karma. And I started working through that and I was working as well as a hairstylist. I was doing really well in my career. I was a hairstylist for 10 years and I started noticing that also too, as I'm working over people, you're connecting them with their crown, their hair holds DNA and energy. And I was just absorbing way too much energy. I was picking up on thoughts and information. And I just, I heard one day when I was out for a walk, they, they, I had, I had recognition that they were my guides at the time. And they had said that I was a part of a, they said a, a larger movement. That's how they ordered it. You're part of a larger movement and answer the call. And I had an ear, like a, an ear ring going on, which for me had started to indicate for me recognition that I was receiving something from my guides. And I didn't know what it was going to be. I just felt this larger knowing. I felt this expansion kind of move through me as I received this message. And I started getting that that call that pushed that urge that I needed to leave my job, but I had no clue. Um, what it was going to look like. And I had originally been told just under the archetype of healer. I was meant to be some sort of healer or help people spiritually evolve or spiritually grow. And on a human level term, I remember just saying that it felt important for me that like I wanted to help people transform. And that was also why I was also guided to going as eighth house son with that being also the house of transformation and that being part of my, my birth chart placement. And so I left my job after 10 years and I had no clue what I was going to do. And there was a whole month of time where all I was doing was just meditating and channel, like channeling into my guides receiving information, going on walks in nature, asking for signs, asking for confirmation, show me the past, show me the way. And then I started opening to the spirit world realm. And to my understanding, I was unlocking to my mediumship gifts, which had been downloaded. I'm going to say were downloaded, but inherited from my grandma. And she never fully activated or moved into her gifts. She was more in hiding with them and she's passed on. Um, so I don't get to, I get to speak to her in, in spirit in ways, but not as a physical person in ways about this. But so I started opening to the spirit realm. I was having people's deceased loved ones, close friends, loved ones that I've never met before trying to channel through me to give messages to them. And I had essentially told my mentor guide who was helping me so much on my journey when I first started 
that I mentioned earlier. And she sent me to a teacher online course to essentially help me to have a guideline and a structure to understand how to move through in my mediumship gifts and understand. And so then from there, I got into Akashic Records trainings and certified in that. And then from there, everything just started just evolving in ways that I did not foresee. But it was also because I took that leap of faith of not knowing anything first. Like it was just a grand mystery. And everything, like I said, everything just unfolded from there. Then I started moving into understanding of my gifts or role as an activator with the light codes transmissions and the light code system that I started receiving. And like I said, if, if I think about it all the time of that version of me, if she knew where I would end up, I just by answering this and stepping into that not knowing, it still just bewilders me because I, I don't have words for how things have evolved for me. It's, it's, it's synchronistically divinely aligned, which I'm sure you can relate in many ways, but yeah, there's a lot of intricacies and, and all of that. So that's really the briefest way I could even say what the branch off was of, of getting, getting here. <laughs> yeah. So, so this was a huge step and, uh, Yes, I am like literally a different human being than I was in so many ways. And so the idea of being where I'm at now is is just is wild to conceive of. Um, so I just want to reflect back some things. So it sounds like what started to happen is after some more traditional healing paths, you started to get free enough to pursue what light what what lighted you up, like going toward crystals, going toward different. And I want to differentiate for people there were some guides or mentors, human beings that you were, yes. you know, you were resonating with and who were supporting you. And so you were getting free. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, the energetics started to expand and, and picking up on people's energy. And then you were connecting with guides, non-physical beings coming through. Um, and that led you down all these amazing paths. One thing I'd uh, and I, and we'll we'll get to the light codes because I'm going to ask you to talk more about what that is. But I would ask you to define for people that don't know what the Akashic Records is and how that work was supporting you. So how I would explain the Akashic Records is think about it like your soul's library. And so it's an energetic library of your soul path or your soul has been potential possibilities of where your soul is headed there's also um, connection or recordings to themes that you carry, ancestral themes. And it's really just direct access to somebody's soul library information. And I also always like to also share that. That doesn't mean that we will always get all of the information because we do have record keepers or spirit guides in those records that will also only move through information if it is meant to be received at that time. And also I have interesting enough encountered at times with certain clients where their record keepers or spirit guides of their records will say that they're, they're currently co-creating a future pathway for them right now because they, as a co-creator, as we all are, 
are using their free will to co-create new paths that maybe their soul hasn't recorded or maybe hasn't really pre-written for themselves type of deal. So everything is very much non-linear too, how I explain things. And so that's how I would explain the Akashic Records. And for me, it was such an expansive way of understanding myself on a soul level. And as I said, too, I did have the beautiful connection and um, I don't know why I want to say luxury, like luxury of connecting with the mentor and guide that I did, who was able to essentially bring me into that world with the records, because even just being a receiver of that type of reading for the first time with her, it was just, it was beyond words at the time, especially to um so early on in my journey too and you can there's a different energy feeling too when you're in the records for the person receiving and also for the person who is reading them you can feel an expansion within the energy field with that yeah and and i will just echo the the luxury but what i also feel is like divine alignment of 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 getting readings when you're starting to expand because i mean there's and i'm glad you mentioned emphasize the part about free will because that's very hard for the human mind to comprehend that there could be a library of our karmic destiny and various potentialities and realities which is non-linear time but that we also have free will we're also still here to make choices and not just give our power away to someone telling us what our life is supposed to be which sometimes so i i found deep resonance in getting readings too that just hit me in in much different ways and were so much more validating than you know, therapies had been in for many years. Though I, I think there's, va- I, I'm not here to privilege one over the other. I think all modalities, you know, in whatever lane they they fall in or category can be of service, but certainly the readings have been so powerful. But sometimes we start to give our power over to the reading and we say, oh, okay, you know, we ask the intuitive healer or whoever, clairvoyant, to tell us what we're supposed to do next. And really the onus is on us to embody it and discover it for ourselves. That's why we don't just get all the information. We're not meant to, it's not in divine alignment. I would say we're not karmically contracted to just see our whole life laid out for us. And I'm not really sure how fun that would be anyway. Um, So yeah, it's that line of walking like there is access to these realms and to readings in alignment with what we're really meant to know. Um, that supports our own willingness and capacity to choose and really just expands the possibilities for where we could possibly go, um, let alone where we're meant to go. So that was a beautiful explanation. And the next piece I'll ask then is about the light codes, like how you, because I've recently been into, I've recently discovered light language, you know, as, and I would describe that as like, uh, some people channel a direct communication from source or from other beings or whoever in a kind of language that is almost sounds like words, but it's almost sounds more like gibberish. It's, it doesn't take the form of human language. And some would say it's more accurate to the actual energetic frequency of the source information to be downloaded. And, um, and received and I've been resonating with that so I've been listening to some light language stuff and feeling resonance when I when I meditate and I hear it I don't think it's necessarily for everybody and it's only one tool but 
I've been very interested in that. So how did you get it? Is that what you mean by light codes or do you mean something different? And how did you uh, how did you step into that? Yeah, so I want to say that the way that you explained light language is pretty much how I resonate with it as well. And I also receive light language. So I do have that, although I'm not so much guided to really anchor that into my mission as much as the light codes are. But I would explain the light codes as around the the same concept of that they are like energetic symbols that are just home or house the universal frequencies that exist within the universal realms. So that could look like galactic origin. It could look like celestial origin. It can look like earth realm origin, angelic origin. All of it is just a resonance in a way to facilitate energetic shifts or dynamic changes within someone else's energetic field through that that channeling, that frequency, that vibration, very similar to, to sound with light language. Speaking that vibration is a form of encoding that doesn't have to be under a human structure of understanding. It works at the level of your soul acknowledgement, your DNA, and also your your higher self expression too, with being able to resonate with information or vibration through something that is not conceptualized through human construct. When did you start receiving that? What was that like? And do you know where it originates from? If you know, if that's, if that's, you know, clear. I'm trying to think back to my first experiences. So I want to say this was around two years ago where I started receiving my first codes and I was receiving information first about being a, a code holder in some way, some visual messaging about holding codes to help activation through spiritual energetics or helping other people transform or rise to their, their light. But I didn't fully understand what was meant by that. It was just kind of a message that was starting to move and channel through me from my spiritual guide team. And I was in a deep meditative state one day and I started seeing codes move through. And it's different than if you were to actively visualize something. So say if someone said a word like cat and then your brain forms a vision of a cat. This was more like just being in a, um, transcendental state of, of being or being more in a astral connection space through meditation and just being blank and starting to see and receive these symbols, visions of the symbols through my third eye space. And so I started to record and write down the symbols that would move through. And all of them came with specific instructions or energetics. So they weren't just symbols or pictures that came through, they were encoded with ways to work with them or ways that they would affect the energy body or the energy field. And I was then guided to activate myself through the codes, through self-transmissions with source 
or with specific light beings or my spirit team that were assisting me at the time. So all of the codes that I started receiving, I was guided to start to gather them all to put them into a book. So every time I would receive a code, I then would make sure to translate them into this book that I have so that I can always flip through them, look back on them. And then I started to receive information to start to work with them as a version of a light code system, like um, an energy modality to start helping people through activations. And my understanding of how I was facilitated to awakening to the, the activation gifting happened one day because I had a friend who I've never, like, I've never met her in person before, but she asked me one day if I would send her healing energy. And I'm also not trained in, in Reiki in any kind of way. So traditionally when people would say that, I feel like we usually think Reiki healing. Um, so I went into this space and I essentially transmitted to her telepathically, astrally, however you would like to call it, or remote, remote energy sending or healing. And I was guided to send her a vibrational frequency transmission activation through her, her blood cells, DNA, through her whole system and through her, her heart, because I was guided to help boost her heart energy, her heart frequency. And she was someone who was very multidimensionally open, very multidimensionally aware. And I feel when I was aligned with her, when she was aligned in my life, she was a bit of, she was a bit more expanded than I was at the time too. So she instantly got back to me like hours later. And she said to me, um, what did you send me? I'm pretty sure you sent me a heart activation. And I didn't like tell her because in my, my perception, I thought I was sending her energy healing. Like she asked. And so that's how I came to basically found out. And she said to me, she said, ask your guide. She said, I believe that you have the gifting to transmit activations to other people and to initiate other people through these activations. And then that's how I understood it kind of just moved through me to, to transmit, to send. And that's also, it's very much a story of how I also believe that a lot of our soul gifting or things that we are meant to step into in our mission or in our role, they will be facilitator to move through us through certain times in our life that we don't essentially plan for all of the time. They kind of just activate as um, a light switch or an epiphany or through a catalyst conversation with someone else. It could be anything at all. And it's just about that aligned divine timing of if it's right for it to, to move through at the time. So it's kind of how things moved through for me and everything was just a domino effect of what aligned, what I was guided to and trusting trusting as I moved through everything, that everything would essentially one day make sense or add to the greater picture of how I was going to show up in service. Yeah, I mean, 
one might say none of it is planned for and that all of the divinely guided mission <laughs> comes through an inspiration and um, when we're not ready for it. I will also say, so I love that. And it actually sounds quite similar to the way I talk about channeling, which is that it started to be information that was received that wasn't really my thinking mind. It wasn't uh, a forced striving for inner vision or information. It was just flowing through and it came equipped with a frequency and a resonance, which is how I could discern if it was aligned or not based on how it felt. Now, I transmit a lot of that through language and it sounds like for you, it can come through uh, symbols or or just or energy healing, which but energy is also a part of what I feel too. And that even when I channel and stuff and, and energetic frequencies being transmitted and then some and I have trained in more energetic modalities like pranic healing to to really address and clear the chakras. But it's cool because it sounds like a lot of modalities are at essence uh, vibrational frequency and resonance and a kind of encoding to activate, whether it's through language or through light or through symbol or through hands-on work. It's all a kind of activation to, to release things vibrationally that are no longer in alignment, to awaken things and to call things in that we're meant to step into. And that's the beautiful uh, and unique sort of language and modality and frame that you were invited to embody through, through light code transmission and activation. Something else you mentioned that I wanted to circle back to was because you mentioned your grandmother. And actually, I was guided as I was cultivating some intuitive you know, themes for this interview to ask about your, I don't even know if your grandmother is on your maternal lineage, but I was guided to ask about your connection to your mother's lineage and um, how that relates to some of the the gifts or the gifting. Is, is the grandmother you're referring to maternal? Yes. Okay, cool. Yep. So, so that, 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 that feels aligned that yeah. I was getting some of that. So what is, what, what is the deal with that lineage? You, you mentioned your grandmother didn't necessarily acknowledge it. How did you come to know about some of those gifts in her? So my grandma growing up, she would always tell us, she would, it's almost like she would talk about her gifts in ways, but through the form of satire or stories that were funny, but we would come to find like, as we got older, like I, they were genuinely true. And uh, my grandma also was very connected in with the blessed mother. She very much would say the rosaries every single night. And my grandma too was very big into seeing psychics and going for psychic readings. So sometimes she would take me and my brother when we were young. So we were always kind of adaptable and open to this greater um, frequency of alignment that we're, we're in right now. But she, when she passed too, she had always told us too, she would leave us some sort of symbol also through heart frequencies. And when she passed driving home from the hospital, there was a picture like in the, almost like a picture perfect vision in the clouds of this giant heart opening that my mom took a picture of and it's framed. And we've just always had this vibrational knowing of my grandma's energy, her frequency. And she also it's almost like she knew how she was also going to pass. 
She also would know things very much about other people. Like, I feel like she had access to the Akashic records naturally, but not quite speaking that she has had it or humanly saying that she has. Um, but so, yeah, she she never forthright said anything that her gifts were real, but she would do it in the form of storytelling and satire. And she would let us know, like there was a man in her apartment complex that was a ghost that had passed on. His name was Norman. And she would talk about Norman being around and me and my brother were very young when we would sleep over. And so, you know, there, there's a lot of like tall tales kind of deal. And so I had found out as well through the, the mentor guide that I was receiving Kashuk Records sessions from. She was the one who picked up on it to relay that information to me that my grandma, she had the gift and that's where it translated from. And so that's how I, that's how I essentially had that divine confirmation that it was from her, despite her having passed on and not being able to physically humanly speak to her human avatar self. And my mom has always been told by we we had a a family psychic medium friend years ago who had told my mom she used to say all the time you're like an angel your energy it's just it's so white light you're you're like an angel in human form and my mom um she also too very much very connected with with god and and source light but she was she's still very spiritually open to the concepts of God and source through many different religious beliefs and backgrounds. But that's just where she resonates with him most. And she also has connections with Mother Mary as well and really connecting in with that source light frequency of divine feminine frequency. And so I feel as well as I started to unlock and open more to my gifts my mom is very much more on board with hers and she's very connected in with the angelic frequencies. And I would say more of what we would call God consciousness, Christ, Christ light. And so I feel that ancestrally, and it's interesting you brought this up because I also started to be facilitated through a space of some ancestral healing as well through my ancestral line. And um, there was a group healing through as well through a, a friend, fellow practitioner, and it was for ancestral healing. And I was healing through the ancestral line of hiding in our gifts for my mom and my grandma. And so I do feel that you picking up on that right now to bring that up during our call feels very divinely aligned because I do feel like it's something I'm feeling the energy grid of that very much alive right now in what I'm doing moving forward more my divine feminine light and frequencies and I do very much connect in as well with mother Mary and her light and her transmission but not through identification of it of her just having to be through religion so but I do honor her in the religious base, but just honor her in her essence, her teachings and her as an ascended master. Yeah. And I, I feel I was guided to bring that up because it is shining a light on the younger generations to more fully and openly 
step into and expose these gifts for what they are rather than, you know, some of the older generational, more protective mechanisms of being satirical about it or, you know, not being open about it. Um, you know, likely for good reason, because it probably wasn't always safe to acknowledge those things. But I do sense that also for you specifically, that that you are creating space for your mother to to maybe step more fully into it. And whether that transcends the religious aspects or it stays firmly within them um, is up to her. But I sense you're, as you continue to walk your path, you're really creating space for her to, to step into that and own that. Yes. No, I love... I love that too, because actually for the 1111 frequency portal date that we have coming up, I actually am going to do a really beautiful co-creative collaboration with my mom to post on YouTube with angelic healing and a combination of light codes and transmission. And it feels like a gateway for her. So I wanted to just confirm that because your intuitive resonance is very much connecting in and, and on board with everything that is that is moving through and being facilitated. So it's really awesome. I love that. And what a beautiful way to step into that with co-created family, divine family service. Um, yes. That'll be really beautiful. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that unfolds. Um, so this feels like a good place to wrap some things up. With with that mention that you just shared, I want to ask, yeah, if there's if there's anything you'd like to share about, you know, what you what you have going on, what you offer, where people can find you if you'd like them to, um, you know, all this will will be in the show notes and in the intro, but but I want to give you some space to speak to whatever you'd like to about what's going on. Let's see. Well, if anybody feels aligned to connecting with me, I am on YouTube as eighth house son. And also too, in terms of if anybody feels aligned for more one-on-one -on -one sessions or anything that maybe has sparked resonance, maybe you're someone who is really moving through your awakening, your ascension, or you're maybe starting to connect in more with deeper spiritual initiations. I also do one-on-one -on -one sessions for spiritual guidance sessions. And I also have the Akashic Record sessions available for booking as well. And I also do personal one-on-one -on -one energy activation light code transmission sessions that are done through a guided meditation format. So receiving them has been, as a client, how I've heard from feedback, has been really nice because it's facilitated through that guided format. So it's it's um it's like being brought through the journey through the energy work as well. And so, yeah, I think that those are, those are the available ways as of right now to find and connect with me. I very much have been almost um, not in hiding, but I guess a little bit. Yeah. I'm just now kind of coming out more on socials. Most of my work has been through people finding me through word of mouth for quite a long time. And it wasn't until March that I was guided to be more public with my YouTube channel. It was more on private just to share through newsletters with clients who already were booking me. And so I just kind of started being more public in March, despite already kind of being out there in ways, but not 
not really in full. So those are my current ways. It might change. Those are my available offerings. And I, I just, I, I love that that's how it's unfolded for you. It, it does feel like this maybe was part of the divinely guided inspiration to speak on this podcast and, and continue to expose. But also I think it shows a different kind of integrity or a different kind of lesson. You know, some people are working very hard to expose themselves and to get clients and everything. And then other people have different missions where that's no issue at all. But it's more about, you know, stepping into your power and stepping into the light. So it's just cool to see how different journeys unfold. And I am excited to see uh, where that journey continues to go for you as you continue to step into the light. Um, I am personally glad that you made yourself more available so people like me could find you. <laughs> and so all the people who will hear this can find you as well. Is there anything else you'd like to speak to? I think that the one thing that just feels right for me to share or to to say is that if you're listening to this and like I said, any stage of where you're at in your journey, if you feel like you are walking it alone, you don't have to. And it's kind of similar to like how, I don't know why, like this, that word luxury channeled through earlier in terms of my, my guide, my mentor, because it's almost like a luxury to find such a, a diamond of a connection for someone to walk this path with you in the ways that you need, in the ways that can really guide you for wherever you are at in your journey. And that can make such a world of a difference in your path to also feel that resonance, to, to seek that out. So what I would say is that something that I've always done was I also would ask my spirit team, or if you want to connect them at your intuition to just asking for that request to align with the right guide or right mentor, or, or just friends, someone to walk this path with you because not walking it alone can also just like I said, it could just be like a diamond, like a gift in your life to to be able to break through in that development. So I guess what I'm saying is my message is find or try to set the request out for the right aligned people in your life to come forth. Because I also feel that this is a, a space in time where that's really being supported too, like energetically in the collective. I know you were talking about it too with the temples of light and facilitating that here in the physical realms, it's important. So I do feel like that's just like what's feeling guided for me to just kind of share is that now is the time for these, these communities, these groups and finding each other. It's about finding each other. Beautiful. And yes, as they say, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, right? It's, it's so much about when we're just open and willing and wanting and ready to sort of ask for more, however that looks in our life, more expansion, more help, more guidance, whatever, people tend to show up and in the most divinely guided and luxurious ways to provide that gift, which is, um, which is so beautiful. And yes, to echo that, I do feel it is a very potent energy where those of us who are being called, it's being made very clear and we are being extra supported now to take those steps and to be shown where we might be ready to go next. Yes, absolutely. It uh, was such an honor and pleasure to have you here, Brianna, and, and um, to unfold some of these high-level concepts and topics and translate them, hopefully in an accessible way for people. 
uh, in whatever level of resonance they're ready to receive. And um, I'm excited to see where where this divine connection goes and, and all that we're meant to do next. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Daniel, for inviting me to this beautiful space that we have created here. And so I was also really glad to be able to share this in a way of an aligned source of outlet or exposure, because as you had said too, it has been a long time coming for me to start trying to articulate some of these concepts. And this was just a beautiful alignment and connection that I knew was facilitating this catalyst for me to expand in exposure. So thank you so much for also being in this with me yourself and also looking forward to our connection expanding and growing and moving into these communities of light. Time to build. Time to build. Time to build. (laughs) Very beautiful. Thanks again, Brianna. And I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on and we will talk soon. Bye now. Thanks for listening. If you liked the episode and would like to support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen. And if you'd like to connect further, feel free to reach out on Instagram, my website, or my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Atkins, where for $5 a month, you can gain access to all sorts of exclusive benefits and offerings for the Be The Vessel community. This includes live channeled events, a new healing series podcast, and more. Until then, may you be the light, the frequency, and the vessel for your highest vision.